Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Wednesday night is Bible study at Faith, and Pastor's been working through the book of Jonah. He finished that last week, and so tonight uh, I'm going to go a different direction. Another good way, he, he's do, he does book-by-book kind of studies, but another good way to uh, investigate Scripture is to look at questions. And because there are questions in Scripture that people ask that we ask. And there are questions in Scripture that God asks of people that He also asks of us. Now, tonight, we're going to look at this question. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? That's a good question. And the question comes from this story in 2 Kings chapter 6. Uh, It's a story that involves Elisha. And if you don't know, Elisha was a prophet in Israel. And he was, during the time when the nation of Israel was actually split into two separate kingdoms. You had the kingdom of Judah and you had the kingdom of Israel. And the kingdom of Israel had a capital in Samaria. And so Israel had been invaded by the nation of Aram. And when we pick up the story in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 24, where it says, I got to go here, I forget about this. Sometime later, however, King Ben-Hadad of Aram mustered his entire army and besieged Samaria. As a result, there was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long, this is how bad it got, that a donkey's head sold for 80 pieces of silver and a cup of dove's dung sold for five pieces of silver. You think it's bad when you go to the grocery store. It's bad. Dove's dung, a cup, five pieces of silver. One day, as the king of Israel was walking along the wall of the city, a woman called to him, please help me, my lord the king. He answered, if the Lord doesn't help you, what can I do? I have neither food from the threshing floor nor wine from the press to give you. But then the king asked, what's the matter? She replied, this woman, now this is, this is bad. Sometimes the Bible can be pretty gruesome. This woman said to me, come on, let's eat your son today. Then we will eat my son tomorrow. So we cooked my son and ate him. Then the next day I said to her, kill your son so we can eat him, but she has hidden her son. This is not a fable. This was actually happening. This is a record of what happened. It was bad. Now, if you've got questions about this, we do not have the text number on the screen tonight. Pastor Steve's sitting right over there. You can go ask him. Anything you want. I I don't know why, but this this is what happened. When the king heard this, he tore his clothes in despair, and as the king walked along the wall, the people could see that he was wearing burlap under his robe next to his skin. He wasn't wearing kingly stuff underneath. May God strike me and that phone and even kill me if I don't separate Elisha's head from his shoulders this very day, the king vowed. He's upset at Elisha because Elisha's been talking for God, and now they're in this problem and everything's bad. And he's, he's really angry at Elisha. And so, then we pick up, and, and, and the king sends a messenger to Elisha. And when the messenger shows up to Elisha, this is what he says. 
And the king said, all this misery is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? And that's our question. We'll get back to it in just a minute. But it keeps going. Then Elisha said, listen to the word of the Lord. The Lord says, tomorrow, not next year, tomorrow, about this time, a basket of fine flour will be sold for one piece of silver in the gate of Samaria. In other words, it's going to get better. But we have this question in verse 33. Question there that's at the top of your notes. How long, why should I wait any longer for the Lord? Why should I wait? This question is such a common question. This is a question I know, I know, you have asked in one way or the other at least once, probably this week, or maybe even today. This is a common question. And, and I, in fact, it's so universal, I'm not going to spend time convincing you that this is an important question or that it's common. Let's just accept this. This is a common question. Why should I wait any longer for the Lord? I just want to make sure that since we're addressing this question, and it is so common, and because every person who has ever served God or ever tried to serve God at one point says, oh, <laughs> do I have to wait longer? Since that's the case, I want to make sure we know what the answer is to the question. What's the answer? And if you're open to a real answer to this question, why should you wait for the Lord any longer? If you're really open to an answer from that, then I've got an answer for you. In fact, I've got three answers for you. And here's the first one. That's another verse. God's authority. God's authority. The primary answer to the question is in the question. Why should I wait on who? The Lord. Why should I wait on the Lord? Well, there's your answer. Because either he's your Lord or he's not. Either he's in charge of your life or he's not. Either he's running the show or he's not. Either he's driving the bus, the boss of your business, the captain of your ship, or he's not. It's his authority. And see, our main confusion is not with direction or ability or timing. Our main confusion is with authority. Who's in charge? And either God's in charge or he's not. In fact, this answer is so basic and logical. If, if I didn't struggle with this as often as I do, then I would think this is ridiculous that we could be so ignorant. But, but God is the authority. He doesn't just have authority. He is the authority because he is the author of everything, right? He created everything. Everything exists for him because of him. Everything was created by him and through him. He is the authority. So, if he authors it, he who 
authors it is the author it he is it's just no question it's basic but we struggle we struggle with this Isaiah for the Lord is God and he created the heavens and earth and put everything in place he made the world to be lived in not to be a place of chaos I am the Lord he says and there is no other there just isn't he's God he's the Lord And here's the thing. When we start talking about God as the authority, when we start talking about authority, I'm not talking about your authorities that you have problems with. I'm not talking about delegated authorities. I'm not talking about government authorities. I'm not talking about authorities at your work. I'm not talking about authorities in your home. I'm talking about the authority. We have to get this straight. And see, most of our problems with all of those other authorities is we don't get this question right. He is the authority. He is the boss. What he says goes. Finish. End of story, right? Somebody got a nod at me, okay? All right. Our issues come back to this. Is he your Lord? Is he your authority? Will you submit to his authority? And you don't have to nod at that. You don't have to say amen. You don't have to say yes, I submit. You don't have to take a lie detector test. You don't have to, any of that. Because if you submit to God's authority, then you obey God's word. It's just that simple. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living the truth. It's just that simple. You don't have to say, oh, I want to submit to the authority. Oh, yeah. Are you obeying his word? Yes or no? When he says tithe, are you tithing? When he says love your neighbor, are you loving your neighbor? Let's go on, okay? We could go down the list. Are you obeying his word? There's a necessary and permanent connection between the authority of God and confidence in God's word. Authority and confidence have a connection. When we live under the authority of God, we have the confidence we need. When we refuse the authority of God, we don't have the confidence we need. When we're living under God's authority and obeying his word and his direction in our life, then we can confidently move into our world and do what needs to be done. When we refuse that authority, then we got a problem because we don't know exactly which way to turn. We don't know exactly what to do. And don't try to turn it around. You're not going to be able to gain confidence and then decide authority. Faith follows facts. The facts are God is in charge. Faith follows that and says, I will obey, I will trust, I will believe because he is the authority. And I can rely on that, I can count on that, 
Everything is built on that. Courage flows from authority, not the other way around. Faith follows. And just as authority brings confidence, confidence brings blessing. Look here at Jeremiah. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. You can only make the Lord your hope and confidence when he is your authority and you are doing what he says. But once you have confidence in, in him, once you have hope in him, blessing follows that. It doesn't work the other way around. You don't say, well, I'll just, I'll just, no. And this is the pattern throughout the Bible. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, when they rejected the authority of God, they lost confidence in God's word and they lost the blessing of God. Children of Israel, they were sitting on the edge of the promised land, but they rejected the authority of God. They lost confidence in God's word and they missed out on the blessing of God. The children of Israel went in in the next generation and they should have reaped, but they rejected eventually God and his authority. They lost confidence in the word of God. They missed out on the blessing of God. You turn to the New Testament, the same thing happens. Jesus shows up. And what happened? The leaders and the people, they rejected the authority of God. They lost confidence in the Word of God. In the Son who was the Word, is the Word. And they missed the blessing of God. You go from first to last in the Bible, the pattern is repeated over and over again. All throughout. But here's what happens. When we reject the authority of God, this is going to happen. When we don't want to wait for the Lord any longer, we're going to make our own solutions. Why should I wait for it, the Lord any longer? Because he said, wait. But we don't want to wait. Well, well then we've got to bring up our own solutions. We've got, we got to figure it out. See, as much as we complain and we kick against authority, we don't like the feeling when authority goes away, when there is no authority. We don't like that feeling. We want to know who's in charge. Oftentimes, we want to be in charge. So, we'll try to do that. But we're going to try to make something the authority so that we can trust in something, so that we can have confidence because without that authority, we have no confidence and we don't like that feeling. We want to feel secure. We want to feel firm. We want to feel sure of ourselves. So we do things and look for something that we can hang on to. And we'll make our feelings the authority. Well, I just, I feel like, okay, so your feelings are your authority. Or we'll make our experience the authority. Well, I know what God's Word says, but you know, this works for me. Oh, does it? So your experience is the authority, all right? We make our desires the authority. We make our hurts the authority. We make our disappointments the authority. We make our bank account the authority. We make our political party the authority. Mm. We make others' opinions our authority. We make our fear the authority. We make, we make all of these things. Sometimes we're not all that blatant about it. Sometimes we're, we're trying to, we try to religious it up 
We try to say, oh, no, I'm, I'm trusting God. And, and then we imagine signs that aren't there. Well, God told me. No, he didn't. No, he, he did not tell you that. <laughs> I've got examples. I'm going to leave them alone. We, we'll, 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 sub, we'll substitute bad advice. You know, we, we don't want to listen to what God says, so we'll go to a friend. We'll go to somebody who we know who's going to agree with us. Oh, yes, that's exactly. God wants you to be happy. Hmm. He wants you to be holy. He wants you to obey Him. But we'll make these other things the authority. We'll substitute bad advice. We'll substitute the bad courage of others. Did you know there's such a thing as bad courage? We hold up courage as being this great thing, and it can be this great thing if our courage is in the Word of God. But when our courage is just out there grasping on to everything else, See, it says in the Bible, there's several places in the Bible you can go where it says they were encouraged to disobey God. That's not the kind of courage you need. There's plenty of people with faith, but it's not faith in God, and so it's useless. There's, there's plenty of people that have conviction, but conviction is no sign of righteousness. Conviction is just a sign you have a strong feeling about something, but what's it based on? Courage to live your own truth that's garbage. It's artificial. You live the truth of God or you don't. I, but but I, I just need to understand. Okay, so your understanding is your authority. Well, it doesn't make sense to me. Okay, well, make your senses the authority. Or obey the word of God. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Or so be it. See, our world is upside down and backwards because it's trying to be courageous. It's trying to make a stand without the confidence that comes from knowing God. See, sometimes, sometimes we live on the other side of that and we, we try to make this alternate reality where we try to shut out all the facts. We say, oh, it's fine. Oh, it'll all work out. It'll be fine. No. <laughs> it's not going well. You need to open your eyes. And, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. And we just try to kind of bless it away. See, that's what worry does talked about this a long time ago, but worry, when we worry, we get on this worry pendulum, and we swing. We swing from over here where we say, oh, nothing's, everything's great, everything's wonderful, everything's, and then we swing back through reality, and we come to the other side, oh, it's terrible, everything's awful, this is awful, everything's horrible, I'm going to die, and then we swing back, oh, no, it's great, it's great, I'm fine. I, I, you know, I said my prayers, I said my prayers, I said my prayers. Oh, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? Okay, and we just take that worry pendulum back and forth, back and forth. And God says, whoa, slow down. Let's address the truth of what's going on. The truth is, life is not always pretty. 
truth is life is hard. Sometimes it's not fair. The truth is sometimes it's bad. Sometimes there's people eating their kids. It's bad. But the truth is also that the Lord is in charge. And sometimes the Lord says, wait. Psalm. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. And sometimes, and somebody needs to hear this, sometimes the waiting is to keep you moving. Because you said, can I stop? And he says, no, keep moving. Can I stop now? No, wait, 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 keep going. Don't quit. Just wait. Why? Because he said to. That's not all. We can wait for the Lord because of his authority, but we can also wait because of his love. Sometimes we have to wait because the Father says, stop here. That's authority. But sometimes we have to wait because we don't know what's coming yet. This is the kind of waiting that you do at an airport for someone you're waiting to see. This is the kind of waiting you do when you're waiting for that loved one to walk through the front door. And you just can't wait, but you got to wait because you know something good's coming, but you got to wait because it's not time yet. It's not here yet. We wait because of his love. We wait because of his goodness. We wait because of his mercy and his grace and his compassion. And we know that we have a hope and a future, but it's not here yet. But because we know of that hope, because we know in his goodness and his love that he cares for us and he has something waiting for us, we can wait. And it's because of his love. Yeah, I do. Psalm. No, the Lord's delight is in those who fear him, those who put their hope in his unfailing love. God's love says, wait, I'm coming. Wait. Good things are on their way. Wait. Hold on with confidence because there's blessing, but you don't see it yet. But when you've rejected the authority of God, wait till your father comes home has a different ring to it, doesn't it? Yeah. And just as the world can't figure out how to be courageous without the confidence of God's authority, it can't figure out how to be compassionate without God's love. This world is messed up. And it's simply because people have rejected the authority of God. They've rejected the confidence that goes along with it, which means they also reject the hope that is found in God and they reject the love of God. So there is nothing for them to give out of. There is no, no, no compassion of God that they can really share. The world's lack of true kindness and grace and mercy and compassion and long-suffering and humility and patience and peace all traces back to a, re- 
a lack of reliance on the authority of God and the absence of the love of God. Somebody once said this a long time ago, there cannot be a brotherhood of man without a fatherhood of God. And you can stand up and say, this one matters and that one matters, but unless you have the love of God in you, you're coming up short. Thanks, that, that was a full amen over there. All right. We only need the first reason. His authority is enough. But we get a bonus because God's love is added on to it and it compels us as well. And though that's twice as much as what we need, we have a third reason to wait. It's God's purposes. God's purposes. God has reasons. I don't know what they always are. He has purposes. I don't know what's going to happen. But he has them just the same. And those reasons, those purposes are the blessings that I will miss if I don't wait any longer. See, in, in Hebrew, the word wait has three different meanings. One meaning is stop. That's God's authority. The second meaning is wait. Wait here. That's the meaning of expect. God's love brings an expectation of His presence to our lives. And see, sometimes the phrase we use when we're, when we're waiting is we say, well, just hang in there. Just hang in there a little bit longer. You were early, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to move this a bit. And God drops down a rope from heaven. Okay, it's an extension cord, but you get the idea. And he says, just hang on. Just hang on. Just wait. And we do so because of the authority of God. This is our confidence. And our confidence is based on two things, really. It's based on, A, what is this attached to? How strong is that? And secondly, how strong is this? See, if we're unsure, we just tug it a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. But when we fully rely, when we have real faith in God, we put our full weight on it. And we hang on for all we're worth. I don't know what that's attached to. I am not putting my full weight on it. I got a lot of full weight, all right? And I don't want things coming down on my head. But we hang on. Because he gives us confidence in who he is. And we can tug on it. But then, that's not all. There's a second rope. I hope. Like a snake. All right. Here we go. Got it. All right. While we're hanging on to this one, this one drops down. It's God's purposes. He says, I got purposes for you. I have confidence 
I have a hope for you. But I have purposes. I have things that, that I have ahead for you. And so we hang on. You ever been, feel like you're hanging and you're waiting for God and you're holding on, but you're just kind of slowly twisting in the wind? And, and your grip is getting a little shaky, but you're just kind of twisting here. I got fishing line that's tangling me, and sometimes that happens. See, because as we're holding on, sometimes we start reaching for other things. And it's those other things. We say, well, I'm holding on to this, but I, I want to grab on to this as well. I need, to, I need, I need a little bit of, I, I just maybe if I had my bank account a little bit more, or if I had a little bit more job security, or I had, you know, I spent more time doing, and we try to, and as we're twisting here, gets all tangled up. And we get all messed up. We lose our microphone. Somewhere. There it is. Hey. Hang on, I'll be right back. It's not a perfect illustration. I didn't get to practice either. But we're hanging on. Often those complications as we wait, we, we start to reach out for those and it gets... But if we're sur totally surrendered to the will of God and we're hanging on for all we're worth, sometimes we even get where we're slipping down and we're like, I, I've got no more. Maybe you started up there and you were, you know, had it wrapped around you, but it's been kind of like this and you keep going down and it's slipping down and you wonder, how, why do I need to wait any longer? Do I really need to? Yes, you do. Because there's the third meaning of that Hebrew word wait. And the third meaning is bind together by twisting. <laughs> See that, that time when you're slowly twisting in the wind. You're not just twisting. You're making a cord. It's getting stronger. And what you're holding on to, your confidence, your hope, God's purposes, you start suddenly to become entwined in them. And they become a part of you. And now there's real strength that you can hang on to. That's why you have, i got to put this back where it belongs, Isaiah, they who wait, wait that's, that's that third meaning. Those who wait, those who have become entwined in His purposes, will get new strength. They will rise up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weak. So that's why. You want to know why you should wait any longer on the Lord? It's because God says wait. Because He loves us. And He has better things ahead. And because His purposes will only be seen if we keep waiting. End of the story. It happened just as the man of God had told the king. And if they hadn't waited, they wouldn't have seen it. 
There's one more scripture. I didn't put it in your notes. But you can write, write it down. Matthew 5.3 in the message. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God and His rule, His authority, His love, His care, His hope, His purposes in your life. Let's pray. God, we're thankful. Lord, you give us the answer, and the answer is always you. Lord, the answer is to come to you just as we are with all of our weakness and our questions and our frailty and all of the things that happen in our life. For Lord, you are our authority. You know the end from the beginning. You know the first and the last. And you have become that for us. You have become our hope. You have become our strength. You have become our confidence as we hang on to you. As you're here tonight, maybe you're watching online, God's speaking to you. And he's saying, you, you tried to skip out. You tried to cut it short. You tried to take a shortcut. Hang on. Hang on. Maybe the hang on for you is just keep moving. You're not, you're not done yet. It's not over yet. Just express that to God now. Say, God, I trust in you. My confidence is in you. My hope is in you. You have the purposes and the plans and the desires for my life that are way greater and way better than I will ever have. Lord, we do that now. We commit to you all that we are, all that we have. And we ask you to be glorified, you to be honored in all that we do and say. Go with us now. We bless your name. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.